0: Welcome mystery seekers, Goblin's Ghouls, to the center of weirdness on the Weird Network from the weird state of New Jersey. I am Matt and tonight I want to talk about scary Christmas lore. That's right. We're the Wet Bandits. Not the Wet Bandits. Not Home Alone. Speaking of Home Alone. Home Alone 2. I had the Talk Boy from it. I got it as a Christmas gift in the 90s. 90 I guess it came out. The movie came out in 92, so it had to come out in 92, 93 somewhere around there. I got the Talkboy for Christmas. I don't know if you ever got a Christmas gift or or seen something in like a movie or a TV show and you're like, oh man, that thing is a badass or it's one of the coolest things as a kid. And then you get it and you're like, all right, it's not quite what I thought it was. It was still cool. And later on, I think Greg like many of my things, took apart for some reason. I'm going to have to ask him, like, why he took things apart. Because he did it to my megaphone. He did it to a bunch of different things. But I really want to talk about scary Christmas lore. Because there was a lot of things growing up that really scared the crap out of me. When I would read these stories, like Scrooge or the Nutcracker. There was also this story called The Steadfast Tin Soldier. I think it was just called The Tin Soldier when I was reading it, but I remember it was it was a book. It was a hardcover book as a kid, and I think The Nutcracker was in the book along with this story about the Tin Soldier, and it used to scare the hell out of me as a kid. I don't know why they have such such like morbid stories for kids growing up, but The Nutcracker is one of the stories I want to talk about, as well as Krampus. Krampus, I was never into growing up as a kid because I think I was always into Halloween growing up. Halloween was like it. Monsters, horror. That was like the time to really like celebrate and, you know, dive into all those. And then Thanksgiving came around and it really wasn't monsters or horror and there was no movies associated with that time. And I just never remember reading or thinking about that. And then Christmas, as a kid, it was just kind of all about presents. That's all you thought about. And the family, food, cookies, that's all I could think about. But then as I got older, I started going to, like, these Krampus festivals, reading more about Krampus, and then thinking about, like, more horror-related stuff. And then you get older and you start watching, like silent night deadly night black christmas Then there was i forget the name the title of it but there was the tales from the crypt episode where like the killer santa claus coming around and then also i really dug this movie i thought it was it was a cool anthology there was some of the stories were better than the others but the christmas horror story did you ever see it and what are your thoughts on it Christmas Christmas the most magical time of year tell me you will find the perfect Christmas tree. it's Christmas, Christmas is all about forgiveness and family and tradition, Santa lots of kids are depending on tonight going off without a hit but in Bailey Downs this Christmas it's different exactly one year ago last Christmas Eve the school was the scene of an unimaginable crime you still want to go down there just for some stupid school assignment? I guess they to door in the school. This is Krampus, right? What's a Krampus? He's like an anti-Santa Claus. A demon who punishes the naughty. He whips them and chains them up, stuff like that. That's fine. It's the elves. I fear they may all become infected. <laughs> How did it all come to this? Trapped down here, and there's a psychopath on the these Bring the chainsmen back to the forest. That ain't your son. Did you not see what he did? The atmosphere here in Bailey Downs is truly grim this holiday season. I really enjoyed this movie. I don't know if it was, I enjoy movies that have that radio DJ that kind of like narrates. I wish it was a little bit more in this story, but it was definitely cool. It definitely sets the mood for Christmas. And there was the one about the changeling where I wish that was its own kind of movie or story. Cause that was a really good kind of part or segment of that anthology. But I don't want to just talk about like movies. I really want to dive into some of this folklore about Krampus, the Nutcracker, and like I said, it was never something that was on my radar as a kid. But the older I'm getting, I'm really getting into this stuff. And I have to give a shout out to my boy Mike from Jackalander Press because he bought me the scary book of Christmas lore. Forget about jingle bells and jolly old Saint Nick. Fifty so terrifying Yuletide tales from around the world. Tim Rayborn is the author of this. It's it's a pretty decent book and I think we want to do kind of a trick-or-treat bag for these like books because he got another book that I was really eyeing up but then I saw this one and it seemed really cool. It's decent, but we'll we'll talk about that on our trick-or-treat bag on the Halloweeniacs YouTube channel. But yeah, before we get started, I just want to say head over to all of our YouTube pages like Nightmare 365, Scary Story Society, Halloweeniacs, and subscribe. Check out... Shop Nightmare365.com for the latest like gear. We haven't really made anything. I want to start making a lot more shirts for the site. And then you could use the code Stay Spooky for 25% off for this scary season. If it's really scary. I don't know. Do you get into scary stuff during Christmas? Or is it more Christmas time, you know, music, movies? It's like family time or... Do really people get into kind of the horror ghost stories of Christmas? Anyway, that's what I want to talk about today. Welcome to Nightmare 365. This is the center of weirdness for the entire planet. There's tons of unsolved mysteries out there. Witches still exist. What about monsters? Do you believe in ghosts? Bigfoot is not out there. Bigfoot is definitely out there. UFOs are real. UFOs might be real. Do you believe in conspiracies? I consider myself a conspiracy theorist. I want to believe in all these case files. Trust no one. The government lies to you. We're just two brothers exploring the unexplained, mysterious, and spookiness that lives among us. I have to say, the more and more I listen to that intro, I really do enjoy that intro. I remember when Greg and I were doing that to kind of think of oh, should we do an intro for the show or should we just like play some music? Greg always likes uh, the Christmas rap. It always gets him in the mood for Christmas. It is a good one, I have to say. But anyway, I want to talk about, from the book, the first one, I've never heard about this lore or this monster. It's from the scary book or Christmas lore, like I said, shout out to Mike, thank you for getting this. And... This one is from Bavaria, and it's Bloody Thomas. I never heard about this, like, creature. And this is one of the cool things about this book is all over the place. Stuff from Germany, stuff from England, stuff from Wales. I mean, it pretty much has, like, every country or region that you could think of and all the different lore that it has for these different types of monsters and creatures. And Bloody Thomas is one of the things I never heard about before. And it starts off on the night of December 21st, around the winter solstice. And that's the thing too, Christmas we always think about, Christmas starting right after Thanksgiving, but it doesn't start until pretty much the 21st. It goes on to say, A terrifying creature was said to emerge from the forest of Bavaria, known as Bloody Thomas, or sometimes Thomas, with the hammer. He was a fearsome ogre-like who carried a blood-drenched hammer. And the picture is kind of like creepy as all hell. And it reminds me of kind of Silent Night. Was it? No, what was it? Violent Night, Violent Night, where he's carrying that hammer in there, but he's Santa Claus. So, And it's interesting that all these creatures or the lore that comes from this book, and it even says it in the beginning, that it, it pretty much derives the main people, the main characters are pretty much Santa Claus, Saint Nick, Saint Nicholas, or as we know it's Santa Claus, who was actually a real person, it says, and lived in Asian minor, which is now Turkey, who died on December 6th. But getting back to Bloody Thomas, because I feel like these all have connection to like a Krampus, and we've Krampus has become like the main focal one, but then you have things like Bloody Thomas, which shares his name from St. Thomas and a disciple who feasts on the day of December 21st. So the connection between, you know, the saints and like St. Nicholas, it really is interesting. And I would love to know because this book doesn't dive into too much detail on the different lore for all these different creatures. That's one of the things that I think this book is lacking and it says, like many other creatures of the winter, Thomas will punish those who have been done wrong. And they all have the similarity between, you know, like Krampus and Santa Claus. Like he won't deliver presents to the naughty. He has his naughty list. And then Krampus, which we'll get into in a little bit. And I think everybody knows about Krampus. So, yeah, that was the main thing. I think there's not too much information because these things have been passed down from generation to generation. And... There's only so much that I guess you could write about these myths, folklore. Yeah, they all have something to do. Like, if you've been naughty or you've been bad, they'll punish you. I kind of think we should bring these things back. And I wish these things were really, you know, real in some sense. And it says, like, to finish it off, the legend of this fearsome creature inspired the local tradition of the cruel prank on Thomas, St. Thomas Day, pretending to be bloody Thomas to scare children a farmer and other labor might pour animal blood from the slaughter over his feet or his legs and head and then go scare his own children or perhaps the neighborhood kids. He would bang loudly on the door, threatening to smash skulls and other body parts if the children misbehaved. Yeah, the legend about Bloody Thomas and the customs associated with him mostly died off over time, and those often... It says do, pretty much like everything, but St. Nicholas and Krampus have pageants today, parade, and they're still going strong, where some of these other ones kind of die off. But there's not too much information about Bloody Thomas, and I was even looking online, and I really didn't find too much. But it was just interesting to kind of hear about this, and it, it would seem such a cool creature. And if people would read certain mm-hmm. lore or they're looking for other kind of ideas for horror movies, like a Christmas horror movie, I think Bloody Thomas is at the top of that list for sure. That kind of stuff I've been getting into. The older I'm getting, I want to learn about like these legends, these folklores from other countries that aren't just like St. Nick or Krampus. I want to hear some other ones because it's not all fun times around Christmas And you're trying to find new ways to celebrate Christmas in a way. So, yeah, and speaking about scary stories, I want to share a scary story from the Scary Story Society. This was a recent one, and it had connections to Christmas, so I thought it would be kind of cool to play on this episode because it's from the second book, More Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark by Alvin Swartz, who is a native of New Jersey, which we love here at Nightmare 365. This one titled The Wreck. The Wreck. Fred and Jean went to the same high school, but they met for the first time at the Christmas dance. Fred had come by himself, and so had Jean. Soon Fred decided that Jean was one of the nicest girls he had ever met. They danced together most of the evening. At 11 o'clock, Jean said, I have to leave now. Can you give me a ride? Sure, he said. I've got to go home too I accidentally drove my car into a tree on my way over here Jean said I guess I wasn't paying attention Fred drove her to the head of Brady Road It was in a neighborhood he didn't know very well Why don't you drop me off here? Jean said The road up ahead is in really bad condition I can walk from here Fred stopped the car and held out some tinsel Have some, he said I got it at the dance Thank you She said. I'll put it in my hair. And she did. Would you like to go out sometime? To a movie? Or something? Fred asked. That would be fun. Jean said. After Fred drove off, he realized that he did not know Jean's last name or her telephone number. I'll go back, he thought. The road can't be that bad. He drove slowly down Brady Road through a thick woods... But there wasn't a sign of Jean. As he came around a curve, he saw the wreckage of a car ahead. It had crashed into a tree and caught fire. Smoke was still rising from it. As Fred made his way to the car, he could see someone trapped inside, crushed against the steering column. It was Jean. In her hair was the Christmas tinsel he had given her. Hope you enjoyed that scary story. More scary stories to tell in the dark by Alvin Swartz, read by yours truly. Now, if you like any of those stories and you want to hear real life scary stories or lore, head over to the Scary Story Society YouTube channel because we're always reading from those books as well as some of the sites that we go to when Greg and I visit our hometown haunts. I kind of make some of our favorite parts of the lore or the legends And these stories into kind of scary stories that we share there. So definitely check that out if you're into all this and you're listening. So if you're listening, I do appreciate it. And thank you for tuning in to our show because there's so much stuff out there and there's so much to listen to. So thank you for that public service announcement by Nightmare365. Anyway, I want to jump in and talk about Krampus. And I'm not going to bore everybody with like the history or the lore. I think we all know. And it's really celebrated today. And I've been to a couple of different festivals, even like a Krampus day around here where people dress up and they kind of celebrate. And it, it really is a fun, different kind of thing other than just Christmas and listening to Christmas music over and over again in stores and TV. And it's just, it's a nice break. And I love these legends, and I really wish I was into this as a kid. But I think we all know Krampus is like the counterpart to St. Nick, St. Nicholas, or Santa Claus. And it's believed or it is still celebrated on December 5th. It's the Krampus night, Krampus night and it's a holiday that's still observed in a lot of European countries. On the day Krampuses, you know, they storm around the town in evil looking costumes. I wanna know like how some of this lore started. Where did it start? Like what were the what were the first stories about this? How did it change? Because most of these stories that were shared, even like when I'm gonna be talking about like the Nutcracker, the Nutcracker had so many different adaptations. And I remember a certain one as a kid. I always want to know like the truth where did it start where did it come from like even in this book like I said it is a cool book and it gives you a good overview but I feel like you can get this online where it's like all right Krampus is the granddaddy of all European winter holiday monsters a fearsome furry demon with a terrible attitude that can't wait to get out in the snow and cause mischief it then goes on to say you know the night of December 5th is a time He is most active and when children have the most to fear. He is often depicted as a horned, goat-footed demon carrying a large basket on his back into which he will toss naughty children and drag them off to a terrifying place and torture them. He usually drags chains and carries a root, which is a bundle of birch, uh, birch branches that he uses to swat misbehaving children. If that's all they get from him, they should count their blessings. And then it kind of goes on. The name came from an old uh, Bavaria cramp, meaning dead, or German, another cramp, crampin, meaning claw. Either word seems like a good, uh, let's see, associated with St. Nick. It's like kind of the counterpart, the yin and the yang, the other side of the coin, whatever you want to say. And he punishes, again, these bad kids. I don't know if they were kind of started and this is the way I picture it and this is kind of just from reading things and just I guess guessing because all right if St. Nick was a truly a real person that lived in today what we call Turkey and died in December 6, 343 and we celebrate it and it kind of each culture each person kind of adapts it into their own I guess you would say life, same thing what we do for Christmas and Halloween. There's all these different adaptations that we do in itself. And I guess that's how it really starts because there's no definitive date, like even reading this book or looking up online. I mean, they say it's still celebrated. And I really wish there was kind of like a historian that can say like, all right, this is where it comes from. And this is where it kind of evolved over time, just like, you know, I was saying like the Nutcracker, you could see like, well, right, it was written and then it goes through its timeline and its adaptations. But here it just says variations of Krampus are many. And we'd look at some of them in the following pages where, you know, like we talked about Bloody Thomas or these other, these other pieces of folklore or myth. And they all have the same, I guess is where it kind of lost me. I mean, unless when they're describing, like, the monster or creature, like Bloody Thomas, and they kind of show you his face and the bloody hammer, and, you know, he messes with the, the naughty people. It is interesting, any kind of, re- like, religion and folklore and myth all has the same thing. All right, trying to keep people in line, it seems like, and with this, it's it's no no different. Santa Claus, same thing. Leaves coal doesn't give stuff to the, to the naughty kids, to the nice kids. Yeah, we'll, we'll give presents too. There was a couple other ones, The Wild Hunt. That was kind of cool, classic folklore story. Again, I'm not going to go into all these, but this is a decent book if, if you're really into this for Christmas and you want to get it for a Christmas gift, The Scary Book or Christmas Lore. I would definitely recommend it just because it is cool and it gives you an overview of all these different, celebrations of like monster. And this, it really is as much as we say it like starts with Halloween of going into the dark season. And like, that's when monsters, the veil is the thinnest monsters are coming out. I guess it is. And Christmas is like that too, because there's so many ghost stories that are associated with Christmas. And I never even thought about it as so much like scary because when you're little, you know, I'm watching like the Mickey Scrooge where they, the three ghosts come to visit Scrooge at night. And I I guess I picked up on it and it was kind of cool and that's why I was always into it. But it was like, all right, there's more to this. There's more to this lore. And the same thing with like Krampus. And I, I really wish I was into this as a, like a kid. I wish I had some of these books growing up and reading this. But they all have the same thing to me. And I guess that's why they kind of die off over time. They, You, you kind of pick one or two because... They punish the naughty kids. Well, I haven't been naughty because I'm getting presents every year, so I don't know if I've truly been naughty, or they just say that to scare little kids and keep them in line. But anyway, you have to talk about Christmas if you're talking about, like, scary stuff during Christmas time. There's not too much how else, you know, someone could spin it or explain it, but I thought it was pretty decent. Did you ever think The Nutcracker was a terrifying story? Because I didn't. I didn't think of it as a terrifying story growing up, but I never really like got into it as a kid. It was always the different adaptation to be less scary. I guess I grew up on the less scary version, and it wasn't until, again, recently, where I started getting into all these different horror-related stories, creatures, and the lore of it. But The Nutcracker and The Mouse King... I don't think I've ever heard that title till like recently, where it was the story was written in 1816 by Persian author E.T.A. Hoffman, which he changed his name, and about a Christmas story. I guess it has ties, like because I always think of like reading this story or what I remember as a story growing up. It almost reminded me as like the Indian in the cupboard. I don't know if we we just. As adults, like I say we, but like as adults, we get like a kick out of, you know, scaring kids, you know, looking at the terror on their face. It's like even now you see videos of, you know, people dressed up like the Grinch stealing kids presents from like Santa Claus right in front of them. And they like panic and scream. I could only imagine if my parents did that crap to me as a young kid. But this story, I remember it because I remember even like one of my favorite Christmas movies, Home Alone. I remember Macaulay Culkin was in like a live action or did like a ballet of the Nutcracker. I remember seeing like all these weird things, like the, the mouse with, or the, it was, I guess, the mouse in the story, but it had the seven heads. And it was just interesting to kind of think about that and to think about like the story itself and like the original story kind of it's set on Christmas Eve. And it's about a terrifying plot of the original tale, which Maria, a seven-year-old girl, is told a story by her grandfather about a man cursed by a witch to become an ugly nutcracker, in which she told him she would marry him anyway. Maria falls in love with the doll, and you could see the doll come to life when she falls asleep. And in one of the dream-like states, Maria falls into a glass cabinet. I think it was because of like the fighting. And there's so many different things that you could read online, which I was reading some of the Wikipedia on this. I read some different articles like getting into this episode. I was like, all right, there's witches involved. There's these toys coming to alive. So it reminds me of like, again, the Indian in a Cupboard, the Toy story. You know, stuff that I remember as a kid or even like growing up. And it even reminded me of like the Steadfast Tin Soldier or the Tin Soldier thing. Cause I think that's what I'm really mixing up. Cause I remember these, I remember the Tin Soldier story really scaring the hell out of me as a kid. I remember always hearing about the Nutcracker, but we were always, I guess, shown or stuff that was on TV was really the watered down version from the original story of this like dream state that this little girl has, where she falls into a cabinet slicing her arm open after witnessing the gruesome battle between the Nutcracker prince and the seven-headed mouse king. While she heals from the wound, the mouse king brainwashes her while she's sleeping, and while her family forbade her to speak of her dreams to them anymore, she vows to love the ugly Nutcracker, and when she comes alive she, while she is sleeping, she marries him. And then she goes off into this dream state again. I would love to actually listen, do an audiobook, or maybe read the full version of this Nutcracker and the Mouse King because there is a lot of undertones to stories that I actually really do like. And same thing, it's like all these undertones, it, it feels like even with Krampus and Bloody Thomas, everything is always keeping kids in line and scaring the crap out of little kids. And I don't know if this was just a thing that we keep on doing because it's almost like a tradition or if it's something that's like really ingrained in us. I don't know. I just found it fascinating. And like I said, this was never something that I was really into as a kid. And I don't know why I wasn't because I always loved Halloween, but I guess Halloween was like first and foremost. And then I kind of got away from it just because it's Christmas and you kind of want to do something different. And I always felt that way. Even now when I watch too many documentaries on one thing, I love The Mothman and it's like a Christmas story in itself because the Silver Bridge collapsed during December. I guess when you keep watching this stuff over and over again, you're like, all right, I kind of need a break, need some action, need some, you know, different types of drama, maybe some feel-good stories. And this was another, collectively, as everything is adapted over time, you know, this story that was written in the beginning of the 1800s, it was an Different version. The French came up with their different version. It was less scary. And then it became a ballet that we think of or that we keep seeing now every Christmas. In 1892, a team of Russians turned this less scary version into a ballet. And that's why we keep seeing it over and over again. And it also has ties to, like, if you really think about it, like this story of the Nutcracker in this dream state that she falls asleep and. This is another thing I was thinking of, too. It's like the Wizard of Oz. Dorothy Dorothy is whisked away to a magical Oz, where in this dream state, Maria is also whisked away to this dreamland, which she never seems to wake up from in Toyland. She marries one of the toys, the Nutcracker. I mean, there's so many other creepy different parts of it. I, I would definitely recommend going to check out the original story that was written by Hoffman himself in 1816 it's so cool like see this is the stuff that i wish you know like we can trace krampus back to like a certain time you know the 1800s or even before that you know like 1600s like we think about salem witch trial 1692 and and all that and i wish we had like a pinpointed date like we know like in, the, in this book it just talks about saint nicholas and when he died and we know it was a real person but then that lore kind of keeps carrying it on and on and I guess it is true, like legends, legends don't die in a sense, but like Krampus, you know, we celebrate December 5th, but we really don't know anything about it. And it's, and it's in a bunch of different regions in Europe and thinking about that, I don't know, there, were, there was something to it. It's, it's all like connected in a way of, again, that the undertone of you better be good. You'll get presents, you know, you'd be on the nice list, but if you're bad, oof, you're going to get whipped by Krampus which is birch branches, or you're going to be put in the sack and carried away and tortured. Like <laughs> It's just interesting that we do this. As a, I don't know if it makes us more screwed up, fucked up as we get older, or if it's something that kind of teaches us lessons. I think some of us learn these lessons, but other people, I don't know, they may carry it a little differently. And I guess the last thing I really want to talk about is I definitely want to try to find this book, or just get the book that's out there because they do have The uh, the Tin Soldier, which was kind of another fairy tale that was written in October of 1838, the first book, I guess, in this adaptation of it, and really the plot. I remember this plot scaring the hell out of me as a little kid because it was like, oh, man, this, this toy was discarded, and then it goes down like all these weird different like rabbit holes, it seems like. And if, and if you're not familiar with it, I would definitely look it up. But like the plot is there's this boy that receives a gift, a set of 25 toy soldiers. They're all cast. They're like tin or iron. You know, he puts them out. And then one of the soldiers stands on a single leg. And because he's the last one, I guess, cast, there wasn't enough metal to make him whole. The boy like kind of discards it. And then it goes on this whole journey where, again, they have these like rats or mice in the whole journey. And I remember re- the one part I remember from this book is, and it reminds me of It, where he has this paper boat. And it's it's going down this river, kind of just like in the beginning, open with Georgie. And this boat has this little tin man in it with the one leg and he's, you know, he's the outcast and it's floating down there was something about that part, and I definitely want to read this again, and I, I'm i not going to share the whole story because it really is cool, and definitely check this one out, and I remember that one more so than the Nutcracker just scaring the hell out of me as a kid for some reason. I don't know why. Like I really am getting into this. I want to read more scary lore, more stuff on the darker side of Christmas and kind of the monsters that we all celebrate, but... Yeah, I just wanted to share all this cool piece of just our history and our lore. And it's something that I think we all should embrace in some way because we all really do. Whether we you know somebody's dressing up like Santa Claus or then somebody right next to them is the Grinch. And then you have Krampus, that's their celebrations. I would love to go over to Europe and do one of like the full blown celebrations where these people wear these elaborate costumes. Yeah, I just think it's it's a cool time of year and it definitely is. It's all about family and food now for me. Presents are cool to get too. So, I would always love a present for the bookcase in the studio. But but I just want to say, thanks for tuning in. Make sure to leave us a review anywhere you're listening to podcast. It helps out more than you know. If you have a story you want to share with us, you can give us a call, send us an email, hit us up on social media. All that stuff can be found at theweirdnetwork.com. And you can check out the guys from Jack O'Lantern Press because all their stuff is there too. Their book, their shop, everything. Everything can be found on the Weird Network in the collaboration that we're doing with the Halloweeniacs, Scary Story Society. And make sure if you're listening and you're not already subscribed to us on our YouTube channels, make sure to subscribe. And like I said, all that stuff is on our website, as well as our shop, Shop Nightmare 365, as well as the Jack Press guys. They have the shop there too. So it can be all found at the Weird Network for all of our spooky happenings and information of upcoming shows and stuff like that. So until then, thanks for tuning in and stay spooky. basket and take you to the underworld so you better share all the shows with your friends check out the weird network and subscribe to all the youtube channels like matt said or we're coming after you but in all seriousness merry christmas and until we meet again stay spooky